Hello, hello. Hi. It's, uh, it's good to be with you. My name's Steve. Um, let me j- just say hello um, and try and communicate with some of our many friends and family here. Dobry ranjok. Buenos dias. Bon dia. Buona dimenata. Bonjour. Guten Tag. Hello. <laughs> if you're American, hi. Uh, it's, it's great to be with you. It's wonderful to um, be a family together from, um, from different nations, different languages, different backgrounds, uh, and outer space as well, uh, maybe. And uh, you're especially welcome this morning if you're, uh, if you don't normally come to church, we're really glad you're here. If you come uh, to see some family or friends, pray for their kids this morning, you're really welcome uh, as well. As Danny said earlier, we're, we're a family together and we'd, we'd love you to, uh, to come close and to get to know us. And even if you're the kind of person that thinks, I'd never go to church, I only came because my friends asked me, then we're really glad you're here and we really hope that you meet Jesus with us this morning. Um, We've got a a kind of mad five minutes while there'll be parents in and out dropping kids in various places, but I'm going to press on anyway uh, so that we can get the band back in a bit and uh, and continue to worship together before we have tea and coffee. Um, Really looking forward to finishing our, we're just coming to the end of a week of prayer and fasting uh, and we finished tonight, uh, as the the girl said uh, on the video just now, seven o'clock on Zoom. We've got some big news to share tonight. Um, And so if if you're a part of this church family already, uh, you will have the Zoom link uh, in in your Thursday email. If you don't have it, then uh, fill in a connect card that they were waving around just now, and we can send you that link. And uh, we'd love to be together tonight at seven to share that news and to pray together. Wow, brilliant. Good stuff. So um, this week and next week, I'm opening up... um, uh, at some summer teaching uh, on the Holy Spirit, the God who lives in us, uh, and the God who lives through us. And uh, I'm just going to open up some of that this morning for us, give us a little taste, an appetite for something more of, of God. Um, I was out uh, praying and walking um, recently, and um, as I was out in a street near our home, I saw a young man, he looked kind of 18, 19 years old, and he was in a learner-driver car with the instructor next to him, and uh, they were up a little cul-de-sac near our house, it was quiet, um, and uh, a good place for you know, doing three-point turns and all that kind of stuff you do when you're learning, learning to drive. And uh, as they were driving slowly past me, I saw the driving instructor tap the dashboard uh, with, with a little uh, a, a notebook that he had in his hand. And the young man driving the car, it was obviously, he'd been told, you're going to do an emergency stop. Found a safe place, you know, all that kind of stuff. He tapped the dashboard, and the young man obviously put his foot down hard on the brake. And he and the driving instructor both kind of uh, <laughs> went into the windscreen. The young man looked really pleased with himself. I mean, if you're 18 and you're told, stop the car quickly, that put the driving instructor into the windscreen. That's a good move, yeah? Driving instructor wasn't quite so sure. It was quite what he'd been looking for for. Uh, I was walking away and thinking, yeah, it was funny, um, and uh, just reminded, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, and we're, we're going to talk this week and next week about God who speaks to us. We can hear his voice in our relationship with him. And as I was out walking and praying, I was thinking about this moment and thinking about church and 
churches that we're involved in uh, that have all had, like the rest of us, in all our ordinary parts of life, have had a, a strange two years through this time of COVID. And, and I felt God say to me, uh, as, a, as one of the leaders in the team that leads this church, um, do you really think you're, you, you're just going to get back in the car of, that is the church and drive again after COVID? Are you just going to get back behind the wheel and think you're going to drive again as normal? And, and I, I sense God reminding me of, of this important need, and, and I want to share it with you. Uh, and again, if you're a guest this morning, forgive me, I'm just speaking to the church family here for a, a moment. Um, but uh, God would invite us to, to stop again at this point. We're in a safe place. He wants to speak to us. He wants us to learn from him. We've been hearing a lot recently, haven't we, about self-drive cars. And wow, they sound really exciting. When I was growing up in the 1970s and 80s and watching Tomorrow's World on the TV, they, they talked about self-drive cars and maybe flying cars and all that kind of stuff. And now you can buy one from Elon Musk. But I felt God say, no, the church is not my church, Jesus says, is not a self-drive car. He wants, us, he wants to help us cultivate a new sensitivity between the, the driver, that's us, and the instructor. I, I felt God say, please don't just get rolling forward again. Find your own momentum, your own power, your own familiar ways. I, I, I feel like God's inviting us to enroll with him in his school again, in, in a school with the Holy Spirit. I feel God would say to us, let me teach you. Um, learn to, to move again by the Spirit, or to use a Bible phrase that we'll look at in a moment, to walk by the Spirit. Learn a new fellowship, a new friendship relationship with the Holy Spirit. Learn to hear my voice and to respond to my instructions and directions. That's what I felt as I saw the driving instructor with his face pressed against the, the, the windscreen. And this is what we're doing over these next two weeks, church. Um, if you've just come for some children Thanksgivings this week, you're welcome back next week for part two. You'd be so, so welcome before we go into the garden in three weeks' time for season two of, of Garden Church. This, this teaching that I'm going to open up today and, and, and next week is right at the heart um, on the Holy Spirit, is right at the heart of what kind of church we're called to be from the scriptures in the New Testament, how we get to live and serve in this broken world around us. In Acts chapter 1, um, oh, that's okay, yeah, by the way, let, I'm not rushing on, I just want to, you got that, yeah? So this is, this is emergency stop time, the, 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 the book's going on the dashboard, we're, we're pausing. Tonight our meeting is called Press Pause, while we share some news and pray into some areas of church life, but actually this, this morning we're saying, no, stop, we, we dare not, I'm just going to pray actually rather than talk at you, Lord, we dare not go on, we dare not go on in our own strength. We, we, how dare we think that we can drive the church forward, that we have the wisdom and the strategies and the power and the insight and the direction. We, we're like the disciples, so we, we, we don't know where we're going. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. But thank you so much that we have one who's leading us, one who is in the car with us, one who says, this is, this is my vehicle. I'm moving it forward for the sake of the world and for the sake of my glory. And we just put down every one of our own tired and empty ways um, any kind of self-leadership that we have, we humble ourselves before you, Lord, and we invite you, lead us forward as a church, as a community together, and as individuals as we respond to you. We need you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus speaks to his disciples. He's died on the cross for our sins. Um, he's been raised to life by the power of God on the third day. He's been with his disciples. He's been seen by all kinds of people around the city of Jerusalem. You can read that in the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, near the end of those eyewitness accounts of the life and times of Jesus. And then in Acts chapter 1, the story of the first church emerging, Jesus is with his little group of disciples. He's, he's a, they don't know it at this point, but he's literally about to go up into heaven before their eyes, up in the clouds. It's a remarkable moment. He's going to leave them alone, but he's promised they won't be alone. And in Acts 1 verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We, we really sense, as we're saying to Jesus, please teach us how to drive, teach us how to be church in this next generation, that we need to remind ourselves of this New Testament foundation that we are a Holy Spirit-filled community. We're a Spirit-filled people. There's a pattern in the New Testament that we need to relearn again. We've got an urgent need to rediscover um, that again for all kinds of reasons. And I, my concern is that churches like ours have a, a good understanding, a good Bible understanding, or what we might call a theology of the Holy Spirit, but we don't always have a very good practice of the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe just a few people at the front that, that do some stuff uh, and have what we call charismatic gifts while the rest of us enjoy. And that's not how it is in the New Testament. Uh, and so we're just taking some time over the summer to look again at what does this spirit-filled church look like. Whatever your background, whatever nation you've come from, whatever language you speak, if you're a follower of Jesus, these promises are for you and they're for us together. And so today as we teach and tomorrow, next week, we're looking to just to create an appetite for more of the life of the Spirit, more dependency on Him. Uh, and I trust and hope, and it's true every time we teach on this stuff because God keeps His promises, um, that it will lead to us receiving afresh from Him, encountering, encountering Him afresh. Personally, you, me, uh, the person next to you. It's amazing, isn't it? You, you could meet with God this morning. You could meet with God next week as the Holy Spirit comes upon you uh, afresh. And so we're, we're stopping. Stop the car. We're making some space. Um, we are uh, an Acts chapter 2 church, not an Acts chapter 1 church. We've been talking about that in the office this week. What happened between Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2? Jesus ascended into heaven. His disciples went and obediently waited as he told them to wait. Go wait in the city until this promise comes to you. Uh, and Jesus ascended into heaven from where he sent the promised Holy Spirit. Now we call that the day of Pentecost. They didn't, it was just Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know what day it was. It was just another day for them when they were meeting obediently, waiting together. Jesus had gone to heaven. They weren't quite sure what was next, didn't quite know what this promised Holy Spirit was. Suddenly, the day of Pentecost began and the Holy Spirit fell on them and they were overwhelmed with the power and the presence of God. The fire of God looked like fire was literally on them. Uh, and they spilled out into the streets of the city. Some of them were speaking other languages. People from much better than I did just now when I greeted you with a hello. They were actually communicating truths about Jesus and the good news about Jesus in languages they hadn't learned that people in the city heard and responded to. And it's an extraordinary moment. Listen, Crawley Community Church, we are an Acts 2 church. We, 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 we live this side of the timeline between Acts 1 and Acts chapter 2. 
So many of our churches that, that where we say, oh, we're a spirit-filled church, we effectively relegate the gifts and the life of the spirit, maybe just to our worship times like this on a Sunday, beautiful though that is. Maybe uh, we'll teach a bit next week on, on, on the idea about speaking in tongues. What, what does that mean for us in the 21st century? But maybe it's just a bit of singing in a language that the Holy Spirit gives during a, a, a worship time. But that is not a charismatic Acts 2 church in action. It's a, it's a sad shadow. It's a poor copy. Right now, the 120,000 people that live within five minutes' drive of this building, most of whom don't know Jesus and don't know where to turn, to the left or the right, right now in our cost of living crisis and all the anxieties that are pressing in on people, right now, Crawley needs us to decide whether as a church we're going to live in Acts 1 or Acts chapter 2. I don't know about you, but I know which side of the line I've decided to stop and, and get out and say, hey, welcome, instructor, come in and help us uh, again. We need to be a spirit-filled church. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can just shout an amen. amen. Uh, to that. There we go, that's good. Um, Francis Chan, um, a wonderful American uh, Bible teacher, says, when believers live in the power of the Spirit, the evidence in their lives is supernatural. Is there much supernatural evidence in my life or yours right now? The church cannot help but be different, and the world cannot help but notice. That's what an Acts 2 church looks like. We can't help but be different. The world can't help but notice something is going on. So Acts 2 and beyond is where, as churches, we're supposed to, to live. We're not really given an option. It's the only place where thousands get their lives transformed. It's the only place where churches get planted. It's the only place where where our lives get discipled, where power gets given, where miracles happen, where nations get reached, whether 171 cities that you can currently fly to from our airport right now, most of which don't have uh, much by way of New Testament church life. It's the only way churches get planted in those cities. People get reached with the good news of Jesus by ordinary churches like us. And some of our friends around Crawley, St. John's, Elim, St. Andrews, the only place these, this town and these cities around the world get reached is when people like us say, we need you, Holy Spirit, we're going to leave, live this side of the Acts 1, Acts 2 divide. Wow, um, that was just a little introduction. That was good. That would do for a sermon, wouldn't it, this morning? But let's open the scriptures together um, just briefly for a few, a few minutes. Wow, yeah. Um, so today I just want to briefly encourage us of uh, saying that we need the Holy Spirit in every part of our lives. Maybe for you the idea of the Holy Spirit is a new idea. I grew up in church reading the old translations of the Bible. He was called the Holy Ghost. We, we, didn't, we, were, we were a bit scared by that, some of us, or some of us just thought it was a bit weird. Um, but the, the, the truths about the Holy Spirit from the Scriptures are wonderful truths about this person who is God, who we get to encounter and live with in relationship. And he wants to be involved in every single part of our lives, even parenting, as we've been seeing this morning with these uh, families. But first of all, you, just that first step, and maybe for some of you this is the first step you need to take even today, just becoming a follower of Jesus we need the Holy Spirit for. You can't do that on your own. Uh, Jesus meets a man called Nicodemus at night. It's there in John chapter, chapter 3. Nicodemus is afraid. He comes to Jesus after dark. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. Nicodemus doesn't understand. He's thinking of physical birth. He says, well, I'm a grown man. That, uh, that can't happen. And Nicodemus says, no, you've got to be born of the, of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to spirit. We're born again by the Holy Spirit. You, it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to realize, wow, I've been living my life quite happily. 
but I realize now I'm a sinner. I need to turn away from my sin. I need to give leadership of my life to Jesus Christ and make him Lord of my life. Put him first. Seek his forgiveness. That's the first step. And it's the Holy Spirit that leads us into that. So we're born again by the Spirit. We get baptized in the Spirit. And we're looking at that today and next week. And then, of course, there's this uh, daily, continual dependence on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we'll come to that in a few moments. If you've got a Bible with me, uh, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. It's one of Paul's letters uh, to a church in a place called Galatia. And uh, he's teaching on life in the Spirit. I'm looking at verse 16 of Galatians 5. Oh, it's up there, yeah, 16 to 22. So I say, live by the Spirit, Paul says to the church, and you won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Wow, it's not in the sermon text, but just here's a point worth noting. Um, If you're struggling with sin, with habits and addictions that you can't break, if there's stuff in your life that you just can't stop and you (coughs) grieve about it every morning and you feel ashamed and guilty, wow, you're not going to stop that by yourself. You don't have the power yourself. Paul says, here's how we stop gratifying, chasing after, giving ourselves helplessly to our sinful desires. Live by the Spirit. (laughs) There we are. Wow. So I welcome the Holy Spirit and I can begin to break some sinful patterns and addictions. Yes, you can. Here it is in the text. I say, live by the Spirit and you will not. Some of us have been trying out of our own strength again. Maybe this morning for you in that area of your life. Maybe you're looking at a porn on your phone as a guy here or there's or you, you can't stop lying or there's something in your life that you think man if only if they put that on the big screen this morning I'd be so ashamed this is your moment to say hey emergency stop I, I, I want to invite the Holy Spirit help me to live by the Spirit I can't do this in my own strength uh, and then Paul goes on to describe from verse 17 what the sinful desires look like they're contrary to the Spirit to a life by the Spirit to walking in the Spirit uh, the two are in conflict with each other. You can't live it in both. Verse 18, but you're led by the Spirit. You're not under the law. Wow. And then he explains some of the acts of the sinful nature. Uh, and all the sins in our life are rooted in these, in these things. Um, whether you think they're big or small things, they're all sin. They all matter. Uh, and um, we're told not to live like this. Verse 21, if you do, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But look at this. Look what life in the Spirit leads us into. It leads us away from these acts of, um, of sin and leads us into the fruit of the Spirit, fruit that grows in our lives, like a, like a tree. We've got an apple tree we bought from Aldi, of all places, a few years ago in our front garden. There's loads of apples that grow on our apple tree. There'll be more this autumn. So if you're rooted in the Holy Spirit, in a life of the Spirit, then there's fruit in your life. Here it is, verse 22 of Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow, this is the fruit in our life. It's so different from all the sinful acts and the sinful ways that I'm stuck in when I try and live life on my own. Verse 23, 25, this, even with my, my old man glasses, I still can't read the verse numbers. <laughs> Since we live by the Spirit, I don't know what verse it is. <laughs> Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Wow. So we're hearing about walking by the Spirit, keeping in step by the Spirit, living by the Spirit. And that's what a life in the Spirit looks like. Our natural state is to go back to trying to do life on our own and falling under all the old ways. But we're invited to get filled with the Holy Spirit as followers of Jesus and to go on walking in that power. 
So that's where we begin. We, we get born again into Jesus. We get filled with the Holy Spirit. We begin to leave our old life behind and begin to walk in step in line uh, with him. Um, for all of us today, whether you've been following Jesus for many, many years, like me maybe, I was, I was the age of some of these we prayed for this morning when I first prayed a prayer to follow Jesus in, in Sunday school, or whether you're a brand new follower of Jesus. We've got some here from our recent Alpha course. Maybe you're not yet sure where you're at. Hey, this is where you can begin today, being born again, turning to follow Jesus and beginning to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Next week, I'm going to speak about, uh, more about baptism in the Holy Spirit. But for today, I just want to give you three very brief um, ways in which we live life and depend on the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Let me sit here. He's our helper. He's our helper. He's a constant help for us. John 14, 16 uh, says, uh, Jesus is saying to his disciples, to you and to me, by extension, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper. Right now, Jesus is their helper. He's the one they're holding on to. He says, I'm going, but I'm going to send another helper, the Holy Spirit. He'll be with you. He'll help you, and he'll be with you forever. The word that's used that gets translated helper in our, in our English Bibles is a Greek word, paraclete. It means literally one who comes alongside us. Um, isn't that amazing? God knows your weakness. He knows our struggles. He knows on my own, I, I can't manage to carry this burden that is my life and to serve others. And so he's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us one who comes alongside, um, one who comes to someone like me who's struggling, a friend that comes close and walks with me and leads me. We need the help of the Holy Spirit, our helper. Maybe that's just one simple prayer you can pray today in some area of your life where you're overwhelmed right now. Maybe your kids are a little bit older than the ones we pray for, and you're thinking, I, I don't know how to parent them through teenage years. Wow, you, you, maybe your one prayer this morning is, Holy Spirit, help me in this moment. You know, we can, the Bible says we can quench the Holy Spirit, you know, like, like kind of pouring water on a, on a fire to put it out. Ephesians 4.30 tells us, do not quench, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I, I wonder if every time I, I take the wheel... <laughs> I wonder if every time I say, no, thank you, I don't need your help. I've got this. I've got, I've got this. I've got life. Thank you very much. I've got that sorted. Um, I watched a YouTube video or a TED Talk. I've, I've got five steps to better this or that. I wonder if every time I do that, when the Holy Spirit is alongside me to be my helper, I wonder if I inadvertently quench and grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's, it's not down to me how I cope and manage in life. It's certainly not down to my personality or my emotions, my, my emotional life. My emotions, like yours, will go up and down. But whether we're on an up moment or a down moment, whatever your natural disposition and personality, um, we all need the help and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's come as our helper. You don't have to carry your life and your faith in Jesus forward on your own. Um, and in every part of our Christian life, we realize as we, as we look at every kind of aspect of our lives, every compartment, we think, wow, there's not a single area where I don't need the helper, the Holy Spirit, to come alongside me. I realize the more I look at my life, I'm impossibly incapable of leading my own life. Uh, if you thought there was a bar of competency for me to lead a church team, I, I'm just here to tell you the truth this morning. I, I have not jumped that bar of competency. I'm like, I was watching the, uh, the, the first Diamond League Athletics event on Friday night. They were in Doha trying to do the high jump in a blustery wind. And even as they approached the bar, the bar was blowing off onto the mat. This is, I stand before you as that kind of leader tonight. 
are pressing into Jesus, but realizing, I can't, I can't jump any bars of competency in the Christian life. Nor can you. We need the Holy Spirit, our helper. Um, there's not a single area where I don't need the Holy Spirit's help. And so, of course, I take hold of the passages in the scripture that say, I need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. There are no areas where he doesn't have access, where he can't touch. How about uh, my prayer life? Romans 8:26. Paul's writing. The Apostle Paul the prayer of great prayers that recorded for us in the scriptures. And he says, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray, but the spirit intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. Wait, wait, what? The apostle Paul doesn't know what to pray? The, the apostle Paul? Wow. That, as we come to the end of a week of prayer and fasting, where at times I thought, God, am I, am I praying well? Have I, have I prayed enough? Have, have my prayers been heard this week? Have I missed the marks? Well, the Apostle Paul says, honestly, I don't know how to pray sometimes. But there's a, the Spirit helps us. The Spirit intercedes. The Spirit gives us groanings too deep even for our words. How wonderful. I need the Holy Spirit to pray. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. There's some things you're so overwhelmed in right now, in your anxiety. I wonder sometimes in my prayer life if I'm really, when, when I've when I've not invited the help of the Holy Spirit, if my prayer really is just speaking my worries out loud to God, when the Holy Spirit's saying, I'm here, I want to come alongside, I'm going to help you. The moment we invite the Holy Spirit into our prayer life, it becomes a, a joy. He shares the burden. He lifts it in ways we can't imagine. He's the, the helper. Wow. How about worship? I need the Holy Spirit to worship God. John chapter 4, Philippians Chapter 3, again, John, John 4, Jesus meets a, a, a woman who's at, at, a, at a well in the middle of the day. She offers him some water. He offers her real life. Uh, it's an amazing story. You can read it for yourselves. Um, but Jesus speaks to her about worshipping in spirit and in truth. Um, Philippians 3 uh, speaks ab about, um, about worshipping by the Spirit. Wow. When I read about worshipping that way, I need the Holy Spirit to Worship God. It's not enough for me just to come to church and sing some songs. We've got some amazing, gifted musicians, but that's not enough. Um, singing songs doesn't produce true worship. Um, sometimes we don't feel like worshiping. We need the Holy Spirit to help us, to lift us and lift our hearts and open our eyes to who Jesus really is. How about worship outside of the church? Yesterday I was driving in the car. Um, maybe you think worship is just for uh, an hour or two on a Sunday morning. I was driving the car yesterday, feeling a bit anxious and overwhelmed. I was thinking about what I'm going to teach on this morning. I, I put on, uh, stop the car, literally stop the car, not like this. Um, I indicated and turned into a side street, plugged in my phone, put some worship songs on, and just then drove off again, began to, to pray and to worship and to welcome the Holy Spirit. I tell you, my circumstances that I was concerned about haven't changed at all. But boy, did my heart change as, 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 as the Holy Spirit came alongside me and the presence of Jesus was experienced again in my heart. Anyone else here need more of the Holy Spirit to help you to be a worshipper? Not just the, the one morning a week in here, but the six and a half days a week you're out there in the world. What about reading the Bible? Anyone find reading the Bible hard? Maybe some of you, are, I know there's some guys on the Alpha course who've been reading it for the first time, and wow, they have some questions. And I think, why are you starting with that passage? Um, there's some really difficult things to read in the Bible. Uh, and, uh, and we need the Holy Spirit to help us in that as well. Ephesians 1.17 calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of revelation. 
wow, I need the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what the Bible is saying and how to apply it into my life and how to know God better. In John 16 and verse 3, um, the Holy Spirit is described as someone who leads us into truth. Hey, there's a lot of error and lies out there in the world right now. Some even get sadly get spoken in churches. We can read this book and get into all kinds of a muddle and confusion. We need the Holy Spirit, our helper, to lead us with faithfulness and integrity as we handle the scriptures, the living word of God. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. I know there'll be some here that just find reading hard, not because of some spiritual issue, but maybe dyslexia, or uh, some of you want to memorize scripture, but find it so hard because you've got some kind of brain fog. Hey, why don't you pray with me this week? Holy Spirit, will you help me to read the Bible, to absorb the Bible, to carry it in my heart, to memorize some scriptures? I think the Holy Spirit, our helper, will come alongside us and help us as we pray in that way. Anyone else here praying that way? Come on, be brave. Yeah, that's it. One or two with a brain fog waving their hands there. What about witnessing, talking about Jesus to people? Acts 1.8, I read earlier, you'll receive power to be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Again, I, it's impossible in my own strength. I, I can't do it, or I just become some kind of formulaic Jesus salesman if I try and do it in my own strength. But Jesus says, we'll receive power. I believe the, the Holy Spirit and the New Testament shows us these stories. He gives us words for people. He, in the right moment, he enables our our foggy brains to recall just the right word to say or just the right scripture. Um, he gives us answers. I think, wow, where did that come from? In the, when my friend asked me that difficult question, I just thought I had the right and helpful thing to say. He gives us spiritual authority. He gives us power sometimes to pray for people and see them healed. He gives us spiritual gifts, sometimes gives us insight into people's hearts and struggles so that we can say, hey, Jesus knows about this and he loves and cares and wants to help you. Um, and he gives us opportunities. I remember one time um, I, I'd flown back in from serving some churches in Romania uh, and I was going to a conference in Luton, uh, I, I think. No, I flew into Luton Airport. I was going to a conference in Bedford and uh, I was trying to get a taxi to Bedford um, and I'd, I'd flown early morning flight out of uh, Bucharest um, into Luton Airport at, I don't know, six in the morning and there was some problem with taxis and it meant that all of us that wanted taxis were queuing up in a big long queue. The guy behind me says, uh, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Bedford. He said, oh, I'm going halfway there. Should we share a taxi? They seem to be short on taxis and we'll save a bit of money. I'll go halves with you. I thought, well, I'm going further than you, mate. I'll take that deal. Uh, that's good. Um, and, and also, I've been, I'd just been praying. I'd, I'd done a weekend teaching the church on this kind of stuff. I thought, this is an opportunity. I didn't need a lightning bolt from it. This, a guy has just invited me to share a taxi with him. I'm a church pastor. I'm coming back from a church weekend where I've been equipping the church and sharing their faith outside of church life with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is a moment. This is a story to tell the church. And so uh, we got in the taxi eventually, and off we went to Bedford. Um, and uh, I, I just tried to initiate conversation five or six times. The guy was not interested at all. Uh, it, it was just a closed book. Um, I tried everything I knew. It was like super salesman moment. It was terrible. I'm, I'm embarrassed. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, in the end, he, he got out in some village near Bedford. Uh, and, and I just thought, what was that about? It was still dark. Uh, and uh, we were in a village. And I thought, you idiot. What, have you, what are you doing trying to force this thing? Um, and uh, the guy got out. I said, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing the ride. And uh, yeah, bye. Um, and I think oh, I hope I never see you again. Um, and uh, the taxi driver pulled away, turned around the corner into a little quiet lane. It's, it's still dark in the early hours of the morning, and he stopped the car. 
Um, he was a, a, a guy from an Islamic background, uh, big beard, um, from, from Pakistan originally, and he stopped the car, turned off the engine. We were in a little quiet country lane. He turned around and looked at me. And I thought, oh, what's, what's happening here? I had all kinds of biases and probably racism and stereotypes in my heart at that point and some anxiety. And he said, uh, he said are, are you a follower of Jesus? And I said, yes, I am. He said, I've, I've been waiting for someone to get in my car that can explain what Christians believe about Jesus and why you read the Bible. Can you explain that to me? And I said, oh, yeah, I can. <laughs> and I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. You, you gave me the opportunity to, to try to talk about Jesus to this guy when really it was this guy who you'd already been preparing in his heart, um, giving him a hunger and an appetite. And you made me look stupid enough to, so that I said the word Jesus enough times that it would waken up this guy in the front, that he would stop the car. It was just a beautiful moment. We had half an hour in the car. I was able to pray with him uh, and share my faith with him. Can we do this without the Holy Spirit? You think of your friends, your neighbors, maybe even some of the people that live in your house. Do you want to be like me with the first guy in the taxi? <laughs> or do you, do you want to invite the help of the Holy Spirit and be with the second guy in the taxi, the ones that God's already been working in? Wow, I'm running out of time. Um, listen, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our, let me just, he's our helper in all of life. Relationships, parenting, marriage, singleness, um, friendships within the church. Man, we can't be church without the help of the helper, the Holy Spirit. Um, we don't do love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control very well in our own strength. Have a look around. There are people here that will upset you. They may even at times get it wrong. They may at times hurt you. We've got to do stuff called forgiving one another and loving one another and submitting to one another. I can't do that, church, without the help of the helper, the Holy Spirit. Even to be a ch an imperfect church family like us, we need the Holy Spirit. And if it's true in church life, it's true in my marriage. It's true in every friendship that I have. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Just briefly, because um, I've got carried away with stories. The Holy Spirit, our companion. 2 Corinthians 13, Paul writes about fellowship. This deep friendship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a person that we're in friendship with. Often I think we see in our churches the Holy Spirit as an experience to be had. Um, if you're, uh, Danny, and I, Danny and I were talking this week about, oh, in 1994 we had this experience of the Holy Spirit. And we often talk that way. Hey, what about having a relationship, living daily with a person who speaks and feels and touches and gives life. Not an experience I look back on 20, 30 years ago. I can, I can get to know the Holy Spirit. He wants to be my companion. He wants to be intimate with me. That's what the word fellowship means. This Tuesday evening, we've got a, a men's uh, walk uh, around Tilgate, I think, and then, and then a, a drink afterwards. Um, why are we walking with the men together? It's not that the guys don't know their way around Tilgate and we've got to give them an A to B. And we've got some pretty practical guys here. If they didn't know, they'd look at a map or Google it or something. Uh, why are we walking together? It's because we want to walk and slow down and take time to make friends together. We want friendship. We want to talk and tell tall stories and talk about how brilliant Brighton are and how terrible Arsenal are, Joseph, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, it's about relationship and slowing down. It's not what we get out of it, but what we get through walking and listening and learning together. How much more church is that true of our fellowship with the holy spirit as we walk with him he's our companion wow some of us are so lonely in life it doesn't mean you live on your own you may be in a busy family house or 
work in a busy office, but you can be so, you have a deep heart loneliness. Do you know there's a companion? There's one who's going to come alongside, who's closer than a brother or a sister, that comes to live in your heart and, and, and bring you into an intimacy with the God that you were made for a relationship with him. Well, we need you, Holy Spirit, our companion. And finally, he's our companion. He's our helper. And he's our empowerer. Um, he gives us power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. There's a transformation between Acts 1 and Acts 2 I mentioned at the start. What, what's happened? The difference is a person. The Holy Spirit has been received by them. He transforms this community. They've gone from being weak and fearful to powerful and dynamic and bold. Um, they're an unrecognizable community. And power comes from relationship. It comes from fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It comes from us knowing, actually, in our companionship with the Holy Spirit. We, um, and, and, and power is, is, uh, becomes harmful if we don't get this. The Bible says we're sons and daughters of God. We've received the spirit of adoption. We're so securely rooted in our identity now as children of God. The Holy Spirit witnesses, bears witness, testifies to our spirits. You belong to me. You're my son. You're my daughter. Out of that, he wants to empower us. And the Acts 2 church was certainly empowered. Not just a force. We're not Jedis. Um, we, no, we, we receive the person of the Holy Spirit. And he gives us power as we walk in close fellowship with him. It's power that works two ways. It works inside us. And it works outside. I was saying earlier when we looked in Galatians, if you want to break free from some sin in your life, wow, we, we need to live by the Spirit. Ephesians 3.16 says that we are strengthened with power in the inner man or the inner woman. You know, that place that makes you tick, that place that you grow your life from, the real you. We need internal strengthening. We need an internal revolution. If you want to overcome past habits and shame and sin and there's addictions in your life that you can't break, if you're still carrying hurts from years ago, or maybe there's lies that dominate your thinking about yourself or your identity, maybe there's some measure of demonic oppression. Hey, friends, as we follow Jesus and get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, all of this is defeated as the internal power of God changes us from the inside out. Um, it's a wonderful thing. I, I was first baptized in the spirit I, I, that I remember, age 12. I was at a meeting um, uh, in the church I grew up in. We had some guests come over from America. And, and I remember just experiencing God in such a powerful way. And then I think through my teenage years, some times on from that. But age 22, the year after we got married, it felt like I had a year in the Holy Spirit. Just uh, experiencing his power internally. Um, I didn't think particularly I'd grown up with a whole pile of trauma. I hadn't. I'd had a, a, a very gentle upbringing. Um, but every meeting I was in, every time I prayed, uh, those days I was leading a lot of worship every week, and they were beginning to let me, this young guy, preach. Um, and uh, every time I stood up to preach or lead worship, I just found myself weeping. Um, and something was happening. I was being changed from the inside out. It felt, as I look back on it, like I was being washed and cleaned from the inside out. Hey, there's an inner change for you coming, friends, as you welcome the power of your companion and your helper, the Holy Spirit. Um, if you're a new believer, it's good news for you today. You can start this way. You don't have to wait years. And finally, this power, Nathan Bank, can you come up? I've taken too long, but thank you for your patience. This power doesn't just work on the inside, otherwise we'd be a therapeutic church, um, but it works from the inside out. I'm going to look next week 
at Jesus' amazing words in John 7.37. He says, come to me and drink, and out of you will flow rivers of living water. He was speaking of the Holy Spirit. We live in the age of the Spirit. We're still in this age of Acts 2. We've received the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so this receiving the Holy Spirit is not just to help us sort our stuff out. Uh, it's not just about dealing with my stuff and my inner healing. Um, that would make us this kind of therapeutic only church. Yeah, he's the wonderful counselor. He does help me in the inner man. That's one of his names in the Bible. He does sort out our inner stuff, but he does it in order to send us out to carry his life and his presence and his power into a dying world uh, around us, to be the kind of ordinary disciples that do the kinds of things that Jesus did. And his intention is for all of us that come to him that we all get to live and walk in this power. Why don't you stand with me? Friends, we, we can't be any other kind of church. We need the helper. We need the companion. We need the empower. We can't believe we can grow ourselves or drive this church forward. You can't look after your kids or your family or live for Jesus in your singleness. We can't reach the world. We can't serve the poor. We can't partner well with other churches around the town in our own limited wisdom, strength and power. Before we go any further church out of this post-COVID world, whatever that means, hey, emergency stop. Jesus, we invite your Holy Spirit please come. Please take over. Why don't you lift your hands if you're open to God this morning. It's just a sign of our openness. Just inviting you in. Whether you're praying for the whole church or whether you're just praying about your own life. I need you in this area. Wow, I've shut you out. I've tried to do this on my own. There's a Bible word. It's, it's called repent. I, I turn away from that. I'm turning to you, Jesus. I'm taking hold of you now. Let's come to him. Our helper, our companion, our empowerer. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Next Sunday, we'll look at some of the mechanics. What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? But for today, let's just develop a hunger and a thirst. We'll welcome your Holy Spirit. Just get the guys to lead us in a worship song, and then perhaps I'll come in and lead us in a, in a prayer in a moment, uh, and we can invite people to respond. in five or six minutes if you're, if you're a guest here you think oh, when do these guys stop we're, we're, we're going to make some room for tea and coffee and collecting kids in a mo we'll probably sing another song or two and for those that want to keep praying you're so welcome to come and find some of us we're so happy to pray with you um, my friend Alison Justin were laughing at, at me last weekend we were at a, um, a leaders event and uh, they gave two or three appeals for prayer for things that were evidently not going on in my life and I responded, and Alison laughed at me. I said, I'm just getting general maintenance. If it's not a problem now, it will be at some point. Um, I, every area of your life, friends, you need the Holy Spirit in. So uh, sometimes we do an appeal, and, and maybe one or two people say, oh, yeah, that's me. No, friends, this is for all of us. This promise is for you. you need, if, if you think you've got life sorted today, you, trust me, you won't have tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll have trouble. You need the Holy Spirit. I'm inviting you to respond to him today and to go out of here knowing I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. And maybe just before we sing another song, um, maybe, there's, maybe there's just one or two here that know I'm not yet following Jesus. Nathan and Hannah have just been singing about surrender. Your, your step today is to surrender your life to Jesus. I don't know whether you're the guy in the back of the taxi with me and saying, it's been interesting hearing all this, but I'm not there yet. That's fine. That's you. Brilliant. Don't want to put words in your mouth or push you at all. 
But maybe you're the guy in the front of the taxi this morning and you're saying, do you know what? I'm, I'm ready to follow Jesus. If that's you, I just want to invite everyone to close their eyes for a moment. just want to ask you to pray with me. Why don't we all say this out loud? Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I surrender my life to you. I turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that my sins can be forgiven. And thank you that you offer me forgiveness. And you offer me this gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Amen. Just while everyone's got their eyes closed, if, you've, if you're in the front seat of the taxi this morning and you know, I, I, I need to follow Jesus. I've just prayed that prayer and I know in my heart I've meant it. Just raise your hand for me so I can see. No one else is looking. Just wave at me now. Be brave. Be courageous. If that's you this morning. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else here this morning saying, yeah, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving you my life. That's great. And I know in a room like this, most of you will already be following Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. Brilliant. I'd love you to come and speak to me in a few minutes and let me know you prayed that prayer. If you were too shy to wave your hand as well as those that did wave their hand high, come and see me. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you and help you take your next steps. Lord, for the rest of us, we just welcome you now in every part of our lives. I'm not going to recap them all now, but Holy Spirit, you know our hearts. You know what we're thinking of right now. We welcome you in. We pray through this week you would just be uh, loosening and opening every locked up part of our hearts that we might be more ready to receive than we've ever been before. I pray as we teach on the baptism and the receiving of the Holy Spirit next week. Lord, you might do something beautiful uh, amongst us as you move us forward um, into the kind of people that you are shaping us to be. And so we welcome your work in, in our lives in this way. Thank you, Jesus.